brother's house we go. The laser is loaded, the muffler is loud, but ho, ho, ho. The neighbors wake mad, the children are glad, a shortcut we will take. Oh, no, no, snow. Ho, 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 no, snow. Well, there you have it. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is Judith Dopak. I am the host of the podcast, The Scarlet Lens. Today's show is going to be just a little bit different, a little bit lighter, a little bit shorter, but it's on dune buggy lasers, campfires, and fellowship groups. Join me as I look at some local patterns in my neighborhood. So let's talk about the first pattern. The first pattern that I've noticed in my neighborhood seems like the dune buggy lasers are just everyone's getting one and it's just a pattern in my neighborhood. They look like Barbie Jeeps except they're not pink. Most of them have like masculine colors and they're all different shapes and sizes. They have low rumbles um, when they go or their mufflers loud or it rumbles low. You don't always want to hear it at 2 o'clock in the morning, but they look like they're a lot of fun. I'm backed up to the desert, so I'm hearing and seeing quite a bit of these. And, you know, traditionally, when you have a third car garage out in this region, people have put their golf cart in there or a camper or something. But no, not in this area. They put their lasers in, in their third car garage. So it's kind of an, an interesting pattern trend phenomena is everyone is buying these lasers. Then the next pattern that I noticed is driveway campfires and or fire pits or fire pots. And I started noticing this the first time around Halloween of uh, the first year of COVID. And it just seemed like by default, if you couldn't go out and socialize with your normal friends you were out with, by default, you would just go sit with your neighbors, but you would just social distance. And I just, I always, this is one thing that came out of COVID that I thought was really cool. And it kind of reminded me of sort of like a rustic kind of old time thing that people would do is sit around the fire. And, you know, I, um, I studied storytelling uh, for journalists in uh, college. It was, I had a couple classes in, in it and just creative ways to tell stories and just different, everything from stories you're writing in the news or stories that you are telling in a small group of people. And they used to invite us to do this, um, to invite your family over and your friends and, you know, tell folklore stories and get together, uh, gather around a campfire. If you don't, if you can't go outside, it's too cold, stay inside, gather around the coffee table and just just have people prepare a 10-minute story and just see what they can do with it. So I, I did this a few times and it just had such a favorable response. But I noticed in the in the neighborhoods, the people were doing this and it wasn't just one or two groups. It was multiple groups through the neighborhoods and you drive through right around the holiday or, or even around Halloween and everybody's sitting out at the end of the driveway. It was a really nice thing to see. And like I said, a really nice thing to come out of COVID. What I'm continuing to notice is that people are still meeting in these neighborhood groups, not as often as they were before, and there's not as many of them, but I have noticed people kind of got in the habit of doing this and they really liked it. So I just kind of put together a list about how these neighborhood groups can, can be valuable. And uh, so one is, um, it's super fun, especially if you're gonna add hors d'oeuvres or s'mores. 
Um, it's a relaxing way to get to know your neighbors. And then uh, it keeps you grounded and informed on what's going on in the neighborhood. It's a nice setting that teaches you progressively how to get along with other people. And people feel more apt to watch out for you, your family, and your house, maybe when you go on vacation or just in general when they know you and there's that familiarity. Oh, next would be you're making cool memories with people. So in the course of my studies on storytelling, I came across some things that uh, an old writer wrote in 1843, and this is Nathaniel Hawthorne, and I just pulled a couple paragraphs, so it's not like a long readout here, but it's from a story he wrote in 1843, and it was called Fire Worship. Well, he really wasn't trying to promote worshiping fire, but he was just kind of talking about it, if I put it in normal terms, if how the open fire or open hearth served as a tool to build things into a human being. So here's one of the quotes. He said, while a man was true to the fireside, so long would he be true to country and law, to the God whom his fathers worshiped, to the wife of his youth, and to all things else which instinct or religion has taught us to consider sacred. Here's one more Hawthorne quote. He said, and it's in the same story, Fire Worship, again from 1843. He said, in one way or another, here and there and all around us, the inventions of mankind are fast blotting the picturesque, the poetic, and the beautiful out of human life. The domestic fire was a type of all these attributes and seemed to bring might and majesty and wild nature, a spiritual essence into our innermost home and yet to dwell with us in such friendliness that its mysteries and marvels excite it no dismay, unquote. Now the groups I've talked about so far have been informal groups, whether you're sitting on your driveway or you're sitting in your living room and you're telling casual stories or you're actually just sitting around and relaxing with your neighbors and just letting the conversation just naturally flow. But there are other fellowship groups and Bible studies that I have found have worked in a similar way and have been even more productive and more beneficial. And um, so I, I know there's a lot of reasons why people want to keep themselves from going to these groups. Sometimes you're just tired when you get home at the end of the day. Sometimes you just don't feel like it and you maybe you've worked all day or you're just tired. And but I you know most people I talk to after they go to one of these groups, they they're so glad they did and they want to keep going. And I always say to somebody, if you get in a group and you don't like it, whether it's a, a Bible study group or a fellowship group, there's so many of them out there that try another one and try one until one fits. I've been fortunate where I, I pretty quickly have found groups that I liked uh, instantly, but I did a lot of research before I actually joined some of these more formal groups. And some of the benefits for the fellowship groups are, are as follows. These groups make the larger church feel smaller and more friendlier, like the city becomes a small town, so to speak. And you'll find yourself becoming a healthier person when you're involved with these groups, whether you're sitting out with the neighbors by a campfire or you'll, you'll find yourself feeling pretty good after going to one of these things. Um, you'll learn about different perspectives, not just your perspective. And sometimes it might give you a perspective that will open you up to a better circumstance or a better way to look at something or another option. You'll find compassion and mercy when you need it in your hour of need. 
These groups are good for accountability. Others are to either give encouragement out to other people and or to receive that encouragement yourself. It's sort of like you're creating that second family, or if, even if you don't have a, a large, close family, you can find a family through these groups. And then you grow in your faith, uh, develop hospitality, and or um, show hospitality, uh, and then obtain wisdom. And there's, you know, this list for any of these groups, whether they're informal groups or they're formal groups like Bible studies, these aren't extensive lists that I have here. There's so many benefits. So this season, when you're looking for maybe something new and different to do, or you're going into 2022 and you want a, a New Year's resolution that you want to keep, um, why not try a small group? And who knows, maybe you'll find someone that has a laser and they can take you out for a spin in the desert. Well, that's it for the Scarlet Lens. This is Judy Dopak. Thanks for joining today. Happy New Year. Now COVID ran wild. It's version B mild. It's symptoms we couldn't shake. So over the hills and through the woods, a path we didn't take. Now Grandma be sad and Grandpa be glad. Now he'll eat his steak. Eat his steak. I say eat his steak. Now we're looking in the sky.